good morning, everyone, and uh, happy Thanksgiving week. We are so grateful that you're here this morning and so grateful to celebrate a really special service with you. My name's Stephen. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you're new here, I'd love to meet you after service right at the hub. But I want to tell you, today's a different kind of Sunday. Um, we at this service is more of video testimonies, prayer, reflection, worship. It's kind of the service that River Tree has had for just so many years where we get to kind of start to see what gratitude uh, could cultivate in our heart leading up to Thanksgiving. So I'm really excited about that. Just two quick announcements. We're moving into our Advent season here at River Tree. We start our series next Sunday, preparing our hearts for Christmas. And we have a Christmas Eve Eve service at, at Mark Smith Concert Hall downtown. So that's fun because both campuses get to come together. If you're not familiar, we have another campus in Hampton Cove and we get to worship the Lord on Christmas Eve Eve. So that will be at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. that night. And we hope that you and your family can make one of those services. It'll be a great time. And then this year, Christmas is actually on a Sunday and so is New Year's. So for both those Sundays, and this is real important because you're the 1030 crowd and I don't want you to get surprised. If you come to church on those Sundays and you wanna come to church, which we would love to have you, those services will be at 9 a.m. So Christmas day and New Year's day, 9 a.m. Uh, you won't want to miss it, but I don't want you to show up at 1030 and there won't be anyone here. And that would be a really bad Christmas present from our church to you, right? So um, <laughs> that was horrible. That was that joke of the year, right? Well, I'm grateful for you guys. Uh, we're going to stand and we're going to worship the Lord together.
believe that our God is a provider. Sing, John. Jake Gaddis. I'm Kristen Gaddis. Um, back in 2019, we lived in Houston and we were making plans to move back to Huntsville, which is both of our hometowns. And we found out that we were pregnant with our second little boy. Um, we went to a few appointments in Houston and everything was great. Uh, we moved back to Huntsville. We went to our first appointment in, in Huntsville and it was the anatomy scan at 20 weeks. And we found out that there was something wrong with Wesley's kidneys. And so they referred us to a specialist in Huntsville. Um, they also confirmed that there were issues with the kidneys and we needed to move our care to UAB in Birmingham because there were pediatric nephrologists in Birmingham. Um, in Huntsville and Birmingham, we both, both cities told us that um, Wesley's situation was not looking good and that he would most likely not survive the pregnancy. And if he did, we would not bring him home from the hospital. So. Uh, we went through several months of going to UAB during COVID and Jake not being able to go into most of my appointments with me to check for a heartbeat. And we were just praying for a miracle every week. Um, his situation uh, made it difficult for us to see his brain, his heart, and his lungs. So we weren't sure what state they would be in when he was born. When we made it to 37 weeks, we were induced at UAB. Uh, Wesley came out screaming and surprised the whole room. Over the next few days and weeks, we just kept getting good news after good news of his brain had developed and his lungs had de developed and his heart was um, also developed and everything was great. His kidneys were not in a good situation, but it was something that we could work on and uh, they could take care of. So yeah, we just were so thankful that he made it. So for the first uh, about six months of Wesley's life, his little kidneys were able to do what they needed to to clear out um, all of the, the bad stuff out of his body. 
But after that, uh, we found out that he was going to need dialysis, and so he did uh, dialysis at home. Um, he did it for about 12 hours overnight, every night. Um, and during that period, the idea was that we were uh, we were just getting Wesley big enough and strong enough um, and, and large enough um, to make it towards kidney transplant. And so, um, as we as we found out that Wesley was going to need a kidney transplant, um, I can remember the night we found out, um, just praying to God to let me be the donor. Um, it just it seemed to make sense and and. Um, at the time, that's what he needed, and, and just as a father, um, that was something that I could do for him. So um, we we worked through dialysis, and um, as he was getting big enough uh, to go towards transplant, we were able to go through the workup process. Um, Kristen and I both went through that process, and we found out that I was a perfect match for Wesley, um, and uh, and so we started to just. Uh, figure out what that looked like and, and um, get things on the schedule and um, did a ton of blood work and, and testing and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but being able to give Wesley my kidney has been um, just super impactful. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Um, Wesley's been through so many tough days and, and uh, so many tough doctor's appointments and and just the the pain and and frustration of being poked and prodded and all that kind of stuff and so um, it's just it's wonderful to me to to know that me giving my kidney to him uh, will allow him not to have to go through that so much anymore yeah one of the best days of our lives was the day that uh, Wesley had his transplant and Jake was in surgery at UAB and I just remember handing Wesley over to the nurse in the pre-op room and just feeling so much joy and gratefulness that the day that we had prayed for for two plus years was finally here and we were able um, to do it and so we handed Wesley over and he went back and I just remember feeling just such um, the presence of God and just feeling like pure joy that we had finally made it to that day. A few days after transplant, while we were still in the hospital, Anna Gamble and uh, her son Samson came to the hospital to visit us. Um, and uh, we sat and visited for a while and, and they brought Wesley a little gift that he loved, uh, a stuffed animal. Um, uh, but right as they were about to leave, Anna asked Samson if he wanted to pray for Wesley. And um, he did, and um, at such a young age, um, Samson's prayer and, and the depth of his knowledge of the Lord and um, just that he knew that, that God was there as a comforter and, um, and to bless us and to be with us um, was, was one of the most impactful moments of this whole journey. Um, just, just hearing his prayer and um, just, just seeing um, that he knew what we needed at that moment. Uh, was amazing, um, and and we're just we're so thankful for that, and and having a church family um, with people that care about us and and are willing to go out of their way to uh, to come visit, and and uh, even when it's tough, and um, you know you're in a hospital setting to come and 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 just be with us and and pray for us. And then fast forward to today, um, Wesley has had. Uh, Jake's kidney for three months now and he is thriving and he's back to his 
uh, wild, energetic two-and-a-half-year-old self. He's running and climbing and playing and um, just doing everything that a two-year-old does. Um, we picked his life verse for uh, Romans 12, 12, and it's rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And that verse just has meant so much to us um, throughout his life. And just from when um, we spent months grieving the potential loss of him before he was born to rejoicing in the miracle that he was and how uh, he did make it. And he's not only made it, but he's just doing so well. And just feeling... Um, just pure joy and gratefulness of how God has just answered those prayers and we have gotten to see a miracle in him. Thank you for my family. I love you, God. I love you, God. Amen. Amen. That's so good, right? Like, it's so very good. Like, I think about um, that story a lot. I've known the Gattises since they got to River Tree. And I remember the first time I met Kristen and Jake, it was actually just in the alley. We had done a lunch for uh, just some people who've been visiting River Tree, like first time lunch day, and it was something new we were trying. And uh, they just had such the joy of the Lord. But as I got to know their story and see their faith, it's been really, it's really courageous and inspiring and something that... Um, I think about is this idea of joy on the day of the transplant. Like, I don't know if you heard her say that, but they had joy on the day of the transplant. And she said, like, this was the greatest day of our lives because it was something they had hoped for, something they had prayed for. And, and what I also loved about that story is the church family, like, brought them comfort and came around them. And in case you don't know, Samson, he's a child, okay? It wasn't like one of the pastors on staff came and prayed over him. It was a child. It was a friend. And Jesus said in the gospels, like, come to me like a little child. And there's something that develops gratitude in my heart as I hear their story. G.K. Charleston said that thanks is the highest form of thought. And the gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Thankfulness is not something we should just do. It should actually be in itself the highest form of our thinking. As you came in this morning, we had Psalms 100. Uh, on the screen, but I want to read it to you again and let you see it. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. The psalmist says that we are thankful and that we praise because we know the Lord and that his love endures forever and he keeps his promise. Psalms 100 says that if we're struggling to sing, if we're struggling to find the words to praise God, it could be connected to just how we know God, not realizing who he is or what he's done. So this morning, as we kind of move our hearts to gratitude, to get ready for Thanksgiving this week, one of the things we wanna do is we wanna remember who the Lord is and what he's done. We heard it through testimony this morning, but we also wanna encourage each other with the word of God. So we're gonna stand together now and we're gonna read a passage of scripture that will be on the screens together out loud. So this is a responsive reading and we'll read it together. It's out of Colossians chapter three, verses 12 through 17. And after we read this, um, we're gonna continue to worship the Lord in song. So it says this, put on then as God's chosen ones, 
holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so that you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Gonna let me down. 
Actually, a story that started at well, it started a long time ago, but started at the last Thanksgiving service. I remember uh, the last Thanksgiving service. If you weren't here, we showed a couple incredible videos, but one of those was uh, Faith and Matt Nolk. Faith worked on staff with us in the kids ministry, and uh, they had moved to Huntsville because Matt's job brought him to Huntsville. And she shared, if you didn't know the story, she shared about just her breast cancer and what that had done in her life and how devastating it was, but how they had seen uh, progress there and that God put it on their heart to expand their family. It was a, a really special story. And they talked about the adoption process they had been through and they gave thanks. They gave thanks to their grow group because their grow group had helped them raise money um, to adopt. And then also the church because we had done some fundraising for them. So they were in the middle of their adoption process. What we did not know that Sunday morning, and Faith will talk about it in this video, is that there was a grandmother who was raising her granddaughters, a faithful grandmother, who had just started to come to River Tree. And she, um, she had been put on her heart that maybe she could look for adoptive parents for her grandkids like that morning. So that started kind of an amazing, incredible journey with this adoption process. So Faith and Matt are gonna update you on their life right now. They're in DC, their job brought them up to there. They wanna tell you about the adoption story and then just even some of the storms they find themselves kind of in the midst of right now. And uh, I think you'll be encouraged by it for sure and what's happening in their hearts. Hi, River Tree family, it's Matt and Faith here. Uh, we're 
Greeting with an update from uh, DC this time in round two of our adoption story. Um, yeah, so we'll share a little bit about our adoption story. As many of you know, it was a God-ordained adoption. Um, it started back uh, in March 6th of this year where a beautiful God-fearing grandma, Beverly, hi, hi, hi yeah, yeah. Um, came up to us and uh, she said, I have a question for y'all. And we said yes. And she said, would you be willing to adopt my granddaughters? God had told me to come talk to you guys and it's been on her heart. Um, and so we prayed about it and in six days it happened where we were able to work with um, our agency and just, you know, make it happen. So as of November 1st, we have been blessed with two additional little cuties, Hannah and Rachel, yeah. who have been an absolutely joy in our life. And so it's been fun having three kids um, under this beautiful house. So Yeah, and you know, it's a great thing to be thankful for and celebrate and, uh, you know, obviously the time of year. Thanksgiving. We also, you know, kind of come into this season with another challenge that has been placed before us and Faith has had a recurrence of her breast cancer. It's metastasized to her spine. And, you know, one of the blessings is that we're in the DC area and we're able to get really good care for Faith and we've experienced some of that already and we're going to just keep plugging through and fighting through that and remain faithful that God's got a plan for this. You know, it's not you know, in our control that all of these things have come together and understanding his will is sometimes kind of hard and, you know, you want to be selfish and say, why, 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 why is this me? But we're just going to stay, you know, continue to try and root ourselves further in God's word and trust that wherever this ship goes, it's going to, you know, yeah. God's got us. He's got our back and we're just literally eternally thankful for that. It's yeah. uh, something that's really appreciated by us. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things is um, what an almighty God we serve where he does understand when we are in the deepest waters that we can't understand and comprehend while we're going through it. He does. And, you know, when you look at, you know, verses mean more and, you know, have true meaning that when he says he's the God of comfort, he is the God of comfort. When he says I'm a God of mercy, he is the God of mercy. And so we realize during this time is, you know, God is not, um, something you put in a box and say, okay, I need you only in this time, or, oh, I will, you know, reach out to you when I need you. God is an everlasting God where he, we constantly worship him in the highs and the lows, and we are thankful for um, him showing mercy on us and um, just giving us that strength to get through what we are facing today, and it's, it's definitely made our um, faith stronger, um, and so it's just been just a beautiful um, journey just to see God revealed himself through not only this adoption, but he's revealed himself to taking care of us in this time where people have come by our side and said, how can we help you? How can we serve you? Um, both from Alabama to Mississippi to New Mexico to New York to D.C. And it's just you really understand, okay, the body of Christ is not just where you are living. The body of Christ is around us and God is moving in all of our lives throughout the globe um, and he knows and so he sends people your way to just say hey let them serve you um, and so that's just been awesome to just see him moving and so it's just like we've learned to just surrender and say okay Lord as Matt said we don't understand what the plan is but we trust that when we surrender you show yourself even more fully and you are just intertwining your grace and your love and your mercy through all this process so it's been um just 
you know, up to this day just to see. And I, you know, I know he's going to continue to get the glory for this story. So. Yeah. And we just like to finish with what's been kind of a adoption kind of quote from scripture for us. And so it's Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It's mm -hmm. for by grace you have been saved through faith and that, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of your works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thanks and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. There is uh, one sentence that Faith said that stuck with me in particular. She said that um, we will continue to worship God in the highs and the lows, no matter the season or the situation that they're in. There's a, a moment several years ago where uh, I kind of found myself in the midst of a storm and um, each of us have found ourselves there at some point or maybe you're in one right now. But I remember this, uh, this season and without going too much into this story, I remember I was on a long car ride and uh, I just kind of, I just started weeping. I didn't really know what was happening, but in the moment I just, uh, I had to pull over and I, I created this voice memo that had some, some words and a melody and um, later turned into this song that I'm about to play. But one of the sweet things about this song for me um, has been that right after I had made this voice memo, I remember talking to Steve and Steve and I, been very close friends for I don't know, 12 years I and mean, it was long before I lived in Huntsville we've been buddies and I remember talking to Steven and there was a season many years ago that I remember him going through a storm I said hey I have a voice memo of this song and maybe this is just a word of comfort for you as it's been a word of comfort for me and I sent it to Steven and this week as we were praying over the service uh, we were like maybe we should share it maybe we should share this song um, it's about finding um, peace and hope in the midst of a storm so uh, this song is called Reminding in my head in a world that tries to drown you out I will hold to all you've said and that you qualify the broken the voice that calms the stormy seas calms the voices haunting me and I know that you become belief and the words I've used to hurt myself I believe you can redeem and you justify the broken the voice that calmed the stormy seas 
Promises are whispers, God, and your word begins to fade. When the world begins to veil my eyes, I'll remember what you say. That you died to save the broken. about that song and it ministers to me in different ways in different seasons but I think the thing that stuck out to me is the words I've used to hurt myself I know you can redeem that we have a God who redeems that whatever is broken he redeems you know the no story was really special really sweet to me I, I had this moment I was thinking in my office in this building you can see one of the houses on the property that we let people stay in. And when the Noakes were walking through their adoption story, I can remember seeing Faith and Matt and the girls just having a picnic outside. So I was in the middle of answering some emails. I thought, well, that looks more fun, right? So I walked downstairs and walked outside and sat with them. And you know, the person you saw in the video today is the person you saw outside there, just with hope. And, uh, with gratitude and thanksgiving, even in the midst of storms. And maybe as the song said, the thing that we need to remember in the middle of our storms, that God's with us, right? You know, we looked at that last week at both our campuses at Cove and downtown. In the middle of a storm, one of the most remarkable things is Jesus was in the boat with his disciples. And sometimes that's what we need to know. So the next few moments we wanna pray. We wanna start with praying for the Nolks, then praying for others and kind of ending with praying for the church, but 
Let's just take a moment to pray for Matt and Faith and the girls and their son. Psalms 42 says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you. Deep calls to deep at the roar of waterfalls. All your breakers and waves have gone over me. And Lord, I know the Nolks can feel like that right now. But the next verse is really encouraging. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And by night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. So together, Lord, uh, we come and we pray for faith in Matt. Pray for the girls, their boy. God, that they would know with all the confidence that they have within them, that you're with them. Lord, we know your word says that people cry to the Lord in their trouble and he's delivered them from their distress. So we ask for that, that you made the storm still and the waves of the sea were hushed. And Lord, if you have authority to do that, like you did Jesus, to calm the waves in the sea, we pray for the Noakes that you would do that to them that you would calm this storm, that you would bring healing, and Lord, that you would bring good in this. I know there's some in this room today, you're in the middle of your own storms. You're in the midst of your own trials. And I would just remind you that your life is connected to God as good, all-powerful, all-knowing Father, and he'll never let you be separated from his love and his working all things for good. And maybe if you're in the middle of that trial, I'm not gonna ask you raise your hand or anything, but maybe your body language, your posture would just be one of openness and receiving. Maybe you would just put your hands out in a posture of receiving as I pray for you right now. So if you're in the middle of it right now, just with your hands open, just hearing these words, God knows the plans he has for you. And he's working all things for good in us. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. And there's nothing that comes now that isn't allowed or ordained. God is not playing catch up to your circumstances. And God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you that there is a purpose for our difficulties and our hardships, even if they don't change. Because in Christ God, there's the presence of Jesus that provides peace for our souls. And Lord, if we're in the middle of a storm and a trial right now, we need to know that you're with us. Lord, your word says, fear not that you're with us be not dismayed for you are our God. Lord, you promise to strengthen us, to help us, to uphold us with righteousness by your right hand. And Father, I pray for those who are in the midst of confusing and debilitating circumstances, that the way through them is to bless the Lord and they would realize that. To have their soul and heart remember and praise God. And now we wanna pray for one another. So maybe there's somebody in your life you know who's walking through a storm right now. Just lift them up to the Lord. Jesus, I thank you that you are acquainted with our grief and our suffering, that you are a man of sorrows and it's by your wounds we are healed. So Lord, I pray for those in the church that are connected to a storm or they have friends that are going through a storm, God, that they would know you're with them. And Lord, we want to praise you, the son of suffering this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, will you stand and join us? Oh, the perfect son of God and all his innocence You're walking in the dirt with you and me 
knows what living is. He's acquainted with our grief. A man of sorrow, son of suffering. Oh, blood and tears, how can it be that there's a God who weeps, there's a God who bleeds. Oh, praise the one who would reach for me. Hallelujah to the Son of suffering. Some imagine you are distant and removed, but you chase us down in merciful.
about a year ago, uh, I was texting my daughter. I was too lazy to walk upstairs to tell my daughter goodnight. So I texted her to come downstairs and pray. And instead of the text actually making it to my daughter, it was accidentally sent to her friend's mom, Joe. And at the time, I didn't realize the significance of that missed text, but eventually I realized it was very significant for Joe. Yes, when I first received the text, I was very excited because I had grown up in um, a Catholic church and I always felt like something was missing. Um, I knew that I needed to use this opportunity uh, with the text message to ask questions about her religion, uh, where she goes, and you know, all that stuff. So I waited a little bit. I was a little embarrassed and then finally I had you know, enough courage to say, hey Amy, what church do you go to? Um, you know, and she pointed me to River Tree. Again, I was scared, so I didn't immediately go in person and I started watching online and I enjoyed it. I, I had texted her, I was like, um, why is there 20 minutes of singing and standing? <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure because in, in the Catholic Church you don't do that. 
And she, she explained to me, I had other questions, and she explained to me, and I finally worked up enough courage to go in person. Um, but still being a little nervous, I asked Laura, can I sit with you, you know? Do you remember that night? I did. Yeah? And then I, next time I was like, can I sit with you? The other night, I really didn't want to sit by myself. I was nervous. And I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed my, my first uh, service. I think it was Ross. Ross was there. And I was excited to come back the next Sunday and the next Sunday and invited my family to come, my, my husband, still trying to get him to come. Amy asked if I wanted to, or if I was interested in joining uh, a D group, a Bible study. And for me, I hadn't really read the Bible before. So it was all very new to me and I was excited. Um, I knew that with these women or being in a group, I, I would be held accountable. And that's how I truly felt, that I would be held accountable. And I did, and I enjoyed it. I really did. I fell in love with it. And again, I looked forward into the scripture, to hearing it every day and discussing it with these ladies. And with everything from the scripture and going to River Tree and, you know, the music, I mean, everything just, I felt like I was there at that place that I needed to be to take that next step into being baptized and declaring my, my faith. And so this experience has been a blessing for, I think, all of us. But for me personally, when I met Joe, I was at a point in my walk that I would have never thought that I would be used to help bring someone to Christ. And so it was very, it's been very fulfilling and, and amazing to open my eyes. Um, I never had thought that I would have enough biblical knowledge or the testimony that would speak to anyone. And, and through this, I realized it's God's testimony and that he put the two people that needed to be together. And my story resonated with Job. I was raised in a Catholic church. I knew the things that, that would help her feel comfortable coming to River Tree. So that's been a blessing to me. At this same time, when Joe started coming to River Tree, and the D group started to form, and that was Emily, Kim, and I. Our sons all do lots of activities together. And through that, we had started talking about wanting to do a Bible study, but because we all had the same schedules, we thought this might work. So we had formed a group. Natalie had, had done a kickoff conference uh, introducing the D groups where we would do the Bible recap, where we'd read through the Bible in a year. And so we formed, but we really wanted a couple of other people. And so I was kind of selfish because I had my son's mom, friend's moms represented. And so I went to my daughter's friend's moms, <laughs> Laura and Joe, and asked if they would be interested. And they were both coming to River Tree as well. And they both joined. So it's been a phenomenal group of friends, but we've all grown a lot in the experience. And it's been really encouraging for me as somebody who was raised in a Christian home that has heard a lot of these stories a million times over to hear them and see them through a newer believer's eyes. And it's been very encouraging to me to just see her joy and enthusiasm over learning things that I have kind of taken for granted. Well, you know, one day she texts the room and said, so what's this Holy Spirit, you know? And I'm like, okay, how do I really, you know, how do we go there? How do we explain that? And to really marinate on it, it was really encouraging and refreshing to me. And I know Emily and I are in the same kind of group and like we grew up with this. And so for us, it's just been really neat and really refreshing to see how God has used his word to draw us all together from all these different backgrounds, this diverse group of women. And just, it's been a blessing to be part of this group. And I'm really thankful for that.
I love that story. Like it kind of makes you want to like text one of your kids, right? And just see if it goes somewhere else <laughs> and see what happens. Like, and, and like, it's amazing to me that God took a text, like meant for a daughter because she didn't want to walk up the stairs and it ended up in the wrong place. But as we hear from Joe's story, like no, it ended up exactly where it was supposed to go. And um, it reminds me of this, and this is the beauty of the last story, that scripture and gospel Center community really does birth gratitude and thanksgiving in our hearts, right? It's what we read in Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13. I want to show it to you one more time. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you so that you must, so you also must forgive. Paul says, as God's chosen, holy, and beloved, as the Lord has forgiven you, he's reminding us of this reality that our gratitude is ultimately sourced in the gospel, right? Like that's where real gratitude comes from. It's the fertile ground that gratitude begins to swell up in our hearts. It's what Christine and Jake Gaddis said when they looked at their son, Wesley, who needed a liver transplant. And they said, you know what? Our gratitude was the faithfulness of God to our son and our family. It's what Faith and Matt Nolk said that it was the gospel. It was this idea that they were saved by grace through faith that birthed it in their hearts. And it's really what you saw in the D group, that the gospel is still powerful. It's still saving people. It's still transforming lives. And it still reminds us of really where thankfulness comes from. Friends, Jesus powerfully died so that you and I would remember that God never gets tired of being good to us. Like he never gets tired of loving us. He never gets tired of standing by us. It's not a case by case decision. God doesn't look at you and look at me and says, when we are cleaned up and a better version of ourselves, that's when God loves us. No, his death, the cross, his burial, his resurrection reminds us that God is for us and God is coming for us. Man, it allows us to worship to this divine movement in our lives. And, and when we come together today, we show God as first importance. It's not what God can do for me, but because of what God has done for me through Christ that gives me gratitude. It allows me to praise him. It allows me to magnify him. It allows me to exalt him, not just because my hopes and my needs are met or all the things I want in my life, not just some teaching, right? Where God kind of comes into my life as part of it. No, but that we would sing, that we would pray, that we would honor God who is all powerful and who loves us. That's why Colossians says, put on love. Like that's what we need to be reminded of this morning. Whether you are really looking forward to this week or this week is gonna be really challenging because of family dynamics or situations, put on love. Let Christ peace rule your heart, be thankful. And then verse 16 says this, let the word of Christ of God dwell within you richly, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, songs with thanksgiving. As we read, as we understand God's word, there's a natural movement towards song. One writer said this, that all throughout history, when God's word has been recovered, like when, when maybe it had been lost for a season or people weren't reading, but when it had been recovered in their lives, 
it always was followed by praise and worship and songs. From, from that came these spiritual songs of gratitude. And then verse 17 says this, and whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Word and deeds take on everything in life. Our words and deeds must say that Jesus is all he claims to be. So today as we close this service, there's no better way than to allow those stories, right? To allow the stories of God's faithfulness, to allow the stories of God's faithfulness in the middle of a storm, to be reminded of those things. And then just to see somebody who got a text, the wrong text come to faith in Christ. It's a good reminder before, like the reason the gospel got to us is because it was going somewhere else first, right? And it came to us and we can be grateful people. So there's only one posture and that's praise. So if you are saved, if you've been redeemed, it's like you found this treasure and you just can't get over it. So today as we end our service, we're gonna sing together. We're gonna sing these songs because we've been renewed by God's word that Christ will be magnified in our life. And if you don't know Christ, please come talk to me or Josh after service. We'd love to talk to you more about that. Will you stand so we can sing and end the service?
Thanksgiving, and we'll see you all soon.